0: Another Way to Play, Episode 76.
1: Some people say, well, you have to offer and provide what your customers want. That could take you down a rabbit hole. This is Brian Winch, author of Clean Lots, America's Simplest Business. And if you want to learn to make the next chapter of your life better than the last, then you should be listening to Another Way to Play with my good friend, Hans Trusina.
2: Welcome to Another Way to Play, your wake-up call to finally make a difference by creating a life defined by freedom. This is about entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and industry professionals that have left the 9-to-5 rat race behind by taking that personal leap from where they were to where they want to be. It's time to stop going through the motions, stop hitting the snooze button on your life, and get the insight and inspiration to make the next chapter of your life better than your last. This is Another Way to Play with your host, Hans Struzina. This
0: is Another Way to Play. I am your host, Hans Struzina, and I believe that if you trade hours for dollars, you will never achieve true freedom in your life. The thing that struck me about Brian when I first came in contact with him was how simple uh, an approach he takes, and that was the main reason I wanted to bring him on the show today. He basically started at 21 years old cleaning parking lots as a way to control his schedule and control his hours and and obviously also control his income. He's now scaled that to a business that bills out over $650,000 a year with several employees, as well as has written a book and a manual and sells other products online for those who want to do something similar themselves. He really just takes an incredibly simple approach and a very intuitive one to this business, the way it's run, the way it's operated, the way he tests things. And I really find it refreshing, and I hope you will too. Aside from just the nuts and bolts of his business, we get into some conversations around your sales process, really refining an elevator pitch, as well as just going a little bit the extra mile for your clients, really helping to keep them happy, healthy, but not going outside the scope of what you do very, very well for them. And then we also do get into the passion conversation, which is an interesting one for someone who has built a business cleaning parking lot. So you're going to want to listen to that. So before we get into the conversation, as always, remember that my Calendly link is open and love to have a conversation with you personally to uh, just get to know you one-on-one and see who's out there listening, how I can make this a better podcast and how I can connect with you a little bit better. And then of course, if you're getting value out of any of these episodes, head over to iTunes, leave me a rating and review because it really helps me know what kind of guests to bring on, what questions to ask them and obviously helps the podcast grow as well. So without any further ado, let's bring in Brian Winch. Brian, man, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm really excited to have you on today.
1: Thanks, Hans. I'm looking forward to it.
0: We've gotten in a little bit of your bio, given the the audience a bit of a teaser about you. And I'm know we're excited to get into where where you are now and what you're doing. But I would like to back up and build just a bit of context for everybody and talk about where your journey began. So why don't you start us there? Okay, great. Well, back in 1981,
1: (laughs) I was 21 years of age and I was working a full-time job as a shipper-receiver at a large boarding goods company. And I wanted to work for myself. I couldn't see myself punching in and out every day as an employee for the same company, doing the same job, being confined, I guess, within the same four walls for the rest of my life. And I'd always been kind of an independent sort and enjoyed working outdoors, being outdoors. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to start investigating some small business opportunities, something that mm-hmm. I could start on the side while I was still working full time. But the problem was I wasn't that great a student. I barely graduated high school, so I didn't go to college or didn't have a business degree or whatever to, to start a business. Didn't have a lot of money in the bank account. And so also not a lot of skills to use. So uh, my options were fairly limited. So I started looking at service types of businesses. Um, uh, what about a cleaning business? And then I remembered that my father, who was a full-time janitor by trade, that was his occupation, but he would supplement the family income by doing some odd jobs like cutting grass, shoveling snow, but also cleaning up litter from outside a nearby shopping center, which was just a couple of blocks away from the family home. And um I thought, well, you know what? What about that? I could do that because I remember he took me along with him a couple times when I was a kid. And I thought this was easy work to do. It was almost as easy mm-hmm. to go in for a walk. So, unfortunately, though, at the time, he had passed away just a couple of months before I started this idea of starting mm-hmm. a business. So I didn't have him to fall back on and, you know, uh, how much do you charge? Who are your contacts? Or, you know, what contracts do you have or anything like that? Yep. So, I just started by picking up the phone and making some phone calls to property management companies to see if they're interested in such a service. And maybe five, six, seven phone calls into my cold calling, I got lucky, and a uh, property manager told me that he was very interested in a service like that, and would you be interested in going out and giving me some quotes? And and that's how it all started. I, I was lucky enough to get three buildings from this this one uh, prospect, and that was where the learning began uh, the school of hard knocks, if you will. And I had to learn from the seat of my pants, you know, uh, what type of equipment worked best, what time of day, you know, I had to refine my sales approach to my prospects. And this was well before the internet. So mm-hmm. I just had to, you know, go to the library or pick up whatever publications were available and kind of, you know, learn from there and refine my techniques.
0: That's really an uh, unbelievable story. I love the fact that you just sort of looked around you, saw what you knew, and just leaned into that. Because I think, I mean, I'm frankly, I'm personally going through this. I'm like in the process of a bit of a pivot in a couple areas of my life, business and otherwise. And I'm definitely trying to overcomplicate it. So your story of just sort of that simplicity of like, what do I know? What can I do? What do I know works? And like, what's the simplest path for me to be? Like, that's really what you just... Described for us, going back to sort of that twenty-one-year-old Brian, when you're thinking like, "Hey, I don't have a business degree. I don't know how to do, you know, X, Y, and Z. Like putting a business together, starting a corporation, all that sort of stuff." Were there moments of doubt or thoughts that you had around like, "Can I even do this? Am I someone who's good enough or smart enough to pull this off?" or do you feel like ignorance kind of played into your your story and then you you just like didn't know what you didn't know and you just went for it? Oh well, definitely the latter. I guess I was afraid of not succeeding. So I did what
1: I had to do to go out and learn what I needed to in order to make the business work. And, and besides, it, it was a simple cleaning service. It wasn't like I was starting a manufacturing business or a bricks and mortar store and something like that. It was just providing a simple service. And I thought if my father was successful doing this on the side, you know, and I do remember him getting a couple of phone calls from his client. And after a while, I remembered who he was. And uh, that's when I realized, okay, well, he owns the property and, and, you know, who would be uh, my best prospects? And uh, that's when I decided, okay, well, there are property management companies that are contracted by owners of these properties to manage the properties on their behalf. And so right away, I kind of figured out who my prospects were. And so I had to kind of refine my elevator pitch. And I wasn't too good to begin with. But, you know, eventually I refined it down into a couple of sentences and basically I was selling the benefits my service would provide them. And would you be interested in getting more information? So I learned that, you know, I'm not going to make a sale from that initial phone call. It's just to obtain that person's name, you know, who is the decision maker and send them some information as to how my service would benefit them. And basically that's how I built my business. But yeah, so to answer your question, basically... uh, I didn't really think that I can't make these phone calls because, you know, I had to. Otherwise, there's no way I was going to generate any business.
0: I love it. It's so simple. I mean, really what you're talking about is, you know, building your sales process, refining your pitch, and then defining your value proposition all in sort of a very distinct or succinct couple of sentences here, which is funny. I'm thinking back to my time in the classroom in business school. And like so much of our education was was around that, like learn your 30-second elevator pitch, you know, refine your resume, et cetera, et cetera. And you kind of learned that just sort of by necessity going out and doing it in the very beginning.
1: That's right, you know, out of necessity. And, you know, I, one thing I also learned too, you know, even though I obviously didn't have any sales training, I could think back upon my life. And I think everyone can. You know, everyone, when they're motivated, to obtain something, you know, they can look back and say, okay, when I was a kid, if I wanted an allowance, I learned how to approach my parents and justify the reason for my allowance. Or if, you know, when I was in junior high school or high school and I started dating, you had to sell yourself. Mm -hmm. And and at the same time, when you first got that part-time job, you're in an interview, you had to sell yourself. So you, you kind of learned Beforehand, okay, well, I have to sit up straight. I have to look a certain way. I have to look the person in the eye and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So everyone can look back upon their life and call upon those experiences and just apply them to whatever they're selling, whether it be a product or service.
0: Really well said. I mean, the, so much of business is is getting out and trying and doing and just in some really basic soft skills like you said this the appearance the handshake the look in the eyes some of the basic stuff especially in a very one-on-one engagement like what you're talking about like obviously if you're trying to sell a large enterprise and you got to work your way up the ladder there's more to it than that but like especially in that first engagement to get your foot in the door like some of those soft skills and some of that basic stuff just matters so so much so Clean Lots uh, started as a, basically as a a way for you to own your own business, run your schedule in a simple service-based operation that you felt confident that you could deliver a result on.
1: Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I found something that I would enjoy doing and that was working Mm -hmm. outdoors, not really having the same routine every day. And uh, I enjoy doing what I do, which is leaving a property cleaner and less littered than when I arrived. And I get mm-hmm. satisfaction from doing that. So it makes the, the whole idea of being in business and being able to stay in business. If you have a passion for what you do, I don't believe you can chase the dollars and just get into a business that promises riches. At some point, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, you're going to lose interest and you know find an excuse just to drop out of it.
0: Absolutely. It's important that you sort of drew that distinction as well, because you know, what we're talking about is basically cleaning up parking lots and sidewalks and such, right? You know, It's not glamorous work, but you saw it as like a way to get out of your house outside, be in the world, basically, as opposed to in a desk or in a cubicle or in a shipping bay or whatever. And you saw all of these things that some people might see as You know, negatives, which is, you know, manual labor essentially, and took it as a positive and an opportunity to build a lifestyle that you were happy to pursue.
1: Well, that's right. And, you know, if anyone is looking at a business opportunity, you need to do a self assessment or. Um, you know, check the boxes, you know what am I interested in, but what skills do I have? What can I bring to the business and in my case, as I mentioned before i didn 't have a lot of skills, money education so but the fact that I enjoyed working outdoors and got satisfaction from cleaning it was the ideal business for me
0: mm-hmm. yeah, really well said so first, you did the self assessment you kind of figured based on your father 's example you 're going to give this a shot. You got your first couple of buildings. And then you 're off and running, right, but like tell us kind of the progression from from there, like how did it go, and you know how did you scale and or did it scale, or did it take a long time? you know what was that progression like once you got started?
1: Well, the intent originally was just to build a simple one man operation, you know something that um, you know I could control easily and, and not have to worry about employees etc, and so my initial learning curve began with. You know what tools work best, and mm-hmm. you know I found from trial and error some tools didn't work so well. Uh, others worked far better than than others. And so once I got that down and my sales approach, and, and I started adding more more properties, more customers. I built it pretty much as big as I could as a one man operation. But then I realized, and I discovered that a lot of my customers that were happy with my service, you know, they wanted me to do more work, more properties for them. Then I realized. I can't turn them down. I'm going to have to grow out of necessity to keep my, you know, my existing customers. So, my brothers became involved in the business. So, uh, you know, a, a few years later, the same thing happened. You know, we've got more demand for our services, more demand for our work, and then we decided to employ other people to work for us part time, whether it be providing weekend service or, or even. Um, you know, people are interested, not necessarily in working for us full time, but on a part time basis, you know, work a couple of hours before they went to work in the morning to their full time mm-hmm. job. And it's worked really well for us. So that over the years, we started as a simple one man operation. And now we have several people that work for us an army of people, if you will. And, uh, you know, we typically have around 150 properties that we service And we bill out about $650,000 a year. And that's just in litter cleaning. We don't provide any other cleaning service. We don't cut grass, no no landscaping, um, no snow removal. But we've decided just to focus on what has worked really well for us. And that's doing litter cleaning and better than anybody else. And during the appropriate time of day, which is after hours, before the business is open. So that way we can clearly see, the property and clean it without any vehicles being in our way. And mm-hmm. some of our competitors, you know, some of the large cleaning companies or janitors that try to do everything for everybody they will try to do this during the day. And, you know, it just, it really doesn't work out that well. If you can imagine trying to clean a parking lot with vehicles parked in it. And the same thing with landscapers. So some landscape companies will also do snow removal in those areas of the country where it snows. And then oftentimes they'll add a litter pick or a litter control service. But again, Mm -hmm. it's with a crew and it's during the daytime and uh, they do the best they can. But that's why I think we've been so successful since 1981. We, we've developed a business model that works and it's been very successful.
0: I love it. And I was going to ask you kind of the economics of this, because ultimately, like you said, we're talking about cleaning up parking lots. It's not complicated. It's not sexy, but it's clearly something that is a big need. And you've, you've kind of refined it down to a science that you're billing out well over half a million dollars a year for, which is sort of staggering when you take a step back and you consider, you know, what the business is and how it's just that it's pretty simple, which is amazing. And I think, you know, taking a simpler approach is oftentimes better. And and you are a real clear testament to that.
1: Well, thank you. And I, you know, uh, it, it really is a really simple business. I, like I say, uh, it's almost as easy as going for a walk because our service is an on-foot service. It really is as simple as arriving at a property, getting out of the vehicle and walking it. And you learn from experience the best way to walk a property, you know, starting with the sidewalks in front of the business and then expanding out into the parking lot and then finishing up maybe the, the perimeter of the building where the landscaping typically is and then back at your vehicle. And then away you go to the next property after that. So it's great exercise and you can make money doing it.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. So at what point does the book and the uh, the education materials come into play here?
1: Well, you know, it was about four years into the business where when I realized, hey, I got something great here. And I started looking at how to market it as a distributorship, as a franchise. And I decided that because of the simplicity it would be best if i just wrote a book and sold a book and and expand with related products uh, later on and i provide free support to anyone who buys my book because it works and i enjoy helping others uh it gets to that providing value whether it's a product but getting back to the value Uh, one of the things that has made our business maybe a bit different from some other cleaning companies, anybody can clean after all, is the fact that if we're at a property and we notice some property damage, maybe a stop sign has been run down, somebody has tagged fresh graffiti on the wall, or or maybe somebody doesn't want to go to the dump and pay dump fees and they've dumped off an old sofa and a mattress in the back of the building by the waste dumpster. Mm -hmm. We always make a point to communicate these issues with our customers. And they appreciate the extra set of eyes that we are for them and it helps cement that business relationship and and Mm -hmm. and and keep that you know because we're always communicating with our customers and and I've done some research in the past and you know it's amazing how many cleaning companies for one reason or the other they get a contract and they do the cleaning and then they have the attitude well you know that's not my responsibility to inform them of that or that's beyond the scope of what I'm providing as a service. Mm -hmm. And they lose that the communication or they don't make that effort to communicate with their customers. But I can tell you for a fact that, you know, we have customers uh, that we've been dealing with for uh, 20, 30 years, and we built up that trust. And so when they have a new property that they picked up, they're going to pick up the phone and give us a call or send us an email or text because they know they can trust that we're going to show up and do the work for them and provide that extra value.
0: Yeah, and that's a lot of the system that you go into in the book, and what you've sort of done to separate yourself from some of the other uh, larger operations, clearly. And when you say you wrote this book, and like you you had this franchise model in mind, like what did that actually look like for you as a business owner? Is are we talking like you basically just took a book? Or you wrote down your whole process and taught someone how to do it via a book, and then selling the book to people who want to potentially start a similar business. Yeah, well, it's
1: like an operations manual. That's uh, what I first wrote with the idea that well, perhaps you know that would be the first piece of a franchise. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I decided the franchise concept wouldn't work, and I'd be better off just selling it as a book. And, you know, I've revised it several times over the years. It's always changing as I learn more different tools, et cetera. I add that to the book. And then, like I mentioned, the person also gets the free support from the book. And there's some other tools that uh, a person can decide if they would like to make running the business that much easier. Like I offer a business template package and I offer a business marketing video Which basically is an explainer video. So if somebody maybe has a language issue or they don't feel that they're comfortable dealing with a lot of people a lot of times, they can order the video and send it to a lot of their customers and it explains the video. Uh, It shows me walking around the property and explaining uh, the the prospects can see me providing the service, the tools I use, uh, you know, how I do the work and it explains, you know, why this service is better than some of the other services that are out there like such is provided by the janitors or the landscapers or even the sweeping trucks for that matter.
0: <laughs> I love it. So you've basically taken a manual in, in, in writing, teaching somebody how to build this business and how to run it. And you've taken the sales pitch, which you have refined and turned that into a video as well, which they can buy from you and then they can send a potential client. So basically they have a sales force and an operations manual in one.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And, you know, I'll be honest, not everyone wants to get into the cleaning business. But for those of us that uh, enjoy the work, you know, I certainly wish I had this when I started back in Mm -hmm. 1981, it would have saved me a lot of time and money, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and I always enjoy getting people either phoning me or emailing me um, saying, Brian, I bought your book three years ago and, and this is what I did. You know, I, I started part-time, I built it to a full-time business or Brian, I, you know, I kept it simple and part-time and I paid for my kids' college educations, et cetera. It's always nice to know that I've made a, an impact with other people's lives. And that uh, to me is worth a lot of times more than charging thousands of dollars for, you know, and having this material uh, less accessible to a lot of people that want to get mm-hmm. into a business like this.
0: Man that's really cool. I'm sort of struck by this question and I've asked it to a lot of guests on the show and it's the sort of the difference between following your passion versus, you know, just doing something to to make money and then you can spend the rest of your time with passion and I I can't imagine that everybody is super passionate about cleaning parking lots, but I'm wondering in your opinion like how important is following a passion? in business relative to success?
1: I think it's everything because if you don't enjoy what you're doing, you're not going to stick with it. So (laughs) you have to find something, whatever it is, uh, whether it's marketing a product that you believe in or or a service that you enjoy providing and you believe in it as well. You're going to run into those rough spots, um, as you do with any business, but you're going to be that much more motivated to ensure that you find solutions to those problems and you're able to continue on with your business.
0: Well said. Can you outline for us a failure you had along the way? And I imagine, and I'm curious what your answer is going to be, because this is a pretty simple concept what you're talking about, but I'm imagining it's not without its challenges. So I'm can you outline that for us?
1: Well, I guess it was uh, early on in the business. One of our customers said, "Brian, we really appreciate what you're doing for us with the uh, the litter cleaning. However, we have a small strip of grass beside this building. Can you cut that for us? Can you do a little bit of the landscaping for us? Oh, and that, you know, by the way, you know, we have a little bit of sidewalk here. Can you also clear snow in the winter? So." I didn't want to lose this person as a customer to somebody else who again, you know, claims to do everything for everybody. So, um, I relented and I, I said, okay, well let's try this out. And, uh, then we made the mistake in my mind of offering it to a few of our other customers and mm. we started um, trying to do too much and trying to be in too many places at the same time with relation to the snow removal or cutting the grass and that there's only so many hours in the day and you know we're going to hire different crews and it, it made it more difficult and so we decided you know what uh, let's just see how this goes if we uh, notify our, our clients that for the certain you know the ones that we we're providing these numerous services to if we We just said, look, we're going to scale back and just concentrate on our core business, the the litter cleaning. And to our surprise, we only lost one account. The rest of our clients understood that and said, well, you know what? We don't want to lose you guys for the litter, but we can always get a landscaper to do the landscaping and and the snow removal. So I guess we learned just to focus on doing something better than everybody else and not try to be a jack of all trades and winding up as a master of none in a lot of cases.
0: Really well said, thank you for sharing that. Where are you looking to take the business and what what's your next twelve months looking like if if anything different well
1: you know i 'm just trying to grow our community and uh, expand the movement. Um, there are a lot of people that um, uh, actually it's amazing how many people are out there, um, uh, just volunteering their time, you know, cleaning up maybe beside the highways or, uh, joining in, in the springtime community cleanups or, you know, p- pulling out uh, litter, you know, beside uh, the rivers or on the shores or, um, et cetera. And then when they find out they can actually uh, make money doing this either part-time or full-time business, they're very interested so we're just trying to get uh, noticed by as many people that would be interested in an opportunity like this. I don't envision that it's going to ever take over in terms of revenue, you know, what we make from actual cleaning the litter in our city. But, you know, I can't share, I mean, I can't compete with you in your city just as, as you can compete with me in mine. And so why not share this information to as many people that, that are interested in a service like this?
0: That's awesome. Well, I'm really excited to continue to stay connected with you and watch what you do as you grow. I want to be respectful of your time for the rest of the day. So I want to uh, quickly transition us to the focus five, which is the same five questions I asked all the guests on each show. I'm definitely excited about your your answers here. Uh, First question is, what book have you gifted most often?
1: Um, I really like The Millionaire Next Door. It's been around in several editions for decades. It's written by Thomas Stanley and he profiles a lot of millionaires that really they live next door and you'd have no idea that they are a millionaire. They they live humble lives. Uh, they In a lot of cases, they have simple businesses like mine. Uh, maybe they run a chain of uh, dry cleaning stores or, uh, you know, they run a, a waste disposal company or, or, you know, things of that nature. And, you know, they don't tend to live in the big mansions or whatever. They're uh, the millionaire next door and, you know, Mm -hmm. provides really good examples of what can be achieved and uh, what can be done.
0: Fantastic. If you could get an hour of somebody's time, past or present, live or dead, and ask as many questions as you wanted, who would that person be and why?
1: Well, that's a really good question. Um, uh, Actually, I think it would be my dad. Um, I just turned 60 and my dad passed away when I was 21 Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was a young guy and and um, I thought I knew him, but, you know, I, I never really got to know him as an adult. And, uh, you know, ask those questions, have right. more of those adult conversations. So, um, you know, if I had the chance to to spend some time, have a beer with, with him and, and just uh, ask him different things, and you know, questions I never had the chance to, I, I'd love to have that opportunity.
0: What is one thing you believe most people would disagree with you on?
1: Um, well, you know, in some cases, um, people would disagree with what, what I had mentioned earlier, that, you know, it's it's best to focus on one thing, do better than everybody else. Uh, you know, some people say, well, you have to offer and provide what your customers want. That could take you down a rabbit hole. And that was my experience and to each his own. But we just decided, you know, let's just focus on something and be specialists in it, as opposed to try to please everyone with, with numerous products, etc., and services.
0: Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. How do you start your day?
1: Well, I have really strange hours. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Uh, I, I've scaled back the number of hours that I actually do the cleaning. Uh, you know, I don't work... Uh, you know, the eight-hour days that I used to, it's probably down to about four hours now. But I still enjoy the work, so I still enjoy doing it. But it's typically early morning hours. So um, I will sleep in shifts throughout the day. I will tend to have a nap in the evening before I get up and go to work and do the actual cleaning. And then I'll come home and uh, go back to bed and then get back up again about eight o'clock in the morning and run the office and communicate with our customers some of the other people that have been out and they've finished their cleaning they'll send uh, some some images or some emails about you know well you know like i mentioned earlier you know stop sign was knocked down etc so i've got to pass it on to our our clients and let them know this is what we noticed uh, you know uh, last night. So, um, I'm all over the place. So, you know, I kind of work two shifts, the office shift, the cleaning shift. And so subsequently I go to bed twice in one day.
0: <laughs> wow. That's, that's a new one. No one's ever, uh, given me that answer. So thank you for sharing. Brian <laughs> right, man, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you being on. What is the best place that we can connect with you online?
1: Well, the best, uh, is on my website, uh, cleanlots.com and uh, everything is on that site, uh, including a, a brief video that uh, if you click that, you can see me actually doing the work and see how really how easy it is. It's almost like going for a walk.
0: Awesome. Well, I've checked out the site. It does look very easy, and it is very self-explanatory. I will drop that in the show notes so anyone listening to this who's interested in uh, the book or what you do just in general, cleanlots.com, it's down in the show notes, so go check it out there. Brian, man, thank you so much for being on the show today. Really honored to have you on. It's great conversation. You've definitely brought some value today. So thank you. Well, I appreciate the opportunity, has. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Hopefully you got something out of that. I know I did. It's really refreshing when someone just talks real straight, real simple, and uh, frankly keeps it simple. I learned a lot from Brian. I hope you did too. If you want to connect with him, uh, learn more about his business, learn more about the book that he's put out or any of the other content he's out there. um, I've got his website down in the show notes below cleanlots.com. So feel free to head down there, check him out. I've got a bunch of information about him there and you can definitely see what he's actually doing because he's got some good example videos on his website. And while you're in the show notes, just remember my calendar link is always open. Uh, So go in, grab a time to chat. Let's connect and get to know each other a little bit better. And of course, if you like this or any of the other episodes we put out, uh, head over to iTunes and leave me a rating and review because it really helps me gain some critical feedback on the show as well as helps me grow the show. So thank you so much for tuning in. This is another episode of Another Way to Play. I'm your host, Hans Trezina, and remember to make every chapter better than the last.
2: Thanks for joining in for this episode of Another Way to Play, making the next chapter of your life better than your last. For more insights and inspiration to help you make that personal leap, be sure to engage with Hans on social media and get your questions answered right here on the show. Reach out to Hans at Chief S-N-A-H on Instagram, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Another Way to Play.